Jerry's World is brought to you by Less is More Events. Get live. Welcome to Jerry's World. Welcome to Cherry's World Podcast. Before we get started today, I have a little confession. So my cousin Char Jackson used to make me stay up really late at night and watch comedy shows. I'm not much of a TV watcher, and when you turn on TV, I usually go to sleep. But there is one man who always sparked my attention who I would stay up late (laughs) and giggle with. There's something about a man that can make a girl giggle. And I'm so excited I met him last week and he agreed to come on our show. So Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, the comedian, Mr. Talent Harris, is in the house. This is Cherry's World. Making Memory Sales Series. It's a sale that allows families and people in our communities in any city, state, or showtime to attend a series of events at a lower price than most, such as like the Trolls Live, Disney on Ice, the Universal Soul Circus, concerts, sports, and more. Contact Less Is More Events at 202-930-3533. Again, that's 202-930-3533. Visit the website, getlimetickets.com. They're on social media, Facebook, IG, Twitter, less is more events. Get out and live. If you're listening to Cherry's World Podcast on Apple Podcasts and iTunes, please give us a five star. Let us know what you think. Leave us a review. I want to hear from you. Thank you. Would you like to advertise on Cherry's World and have your product placed on Cherry's social media for the world to see? Email us now at cherriesworldpodcast at gmail.com for low introductory rates. Cherry's World Podcast. Get heard. Welcome to Cherry's World. I am happy to show you guys the best thing to come out of 2020. It's called the Stress Phone. It's a cool new stress reliever with a digital link to the emotional healing box. You can get yours today at stressphone.com. And by the way, the Stress Phone is a Black-owned business. Came came in an interesting conversation with a young lady. She's uh, having issues dating and uh, looking for a good man. and can't, oh, really? seem to, can't seem to find one. She's a doctor, a uh, young doctor, I'm assuming. She says she's in her early 30s or maybe late 20s. Well, there you go, right there. That's what happened right there. She became a doctor. Yeah. yeah. You know, you, you got it. You know, I always say, like, the profession and the path you pick, know your sacrifices. Mm. Right? You know, in, the, in this climate and current uh, thing we call a country, <clears throat> she has to know that her pool gets edited. Yeah. You know what I mean? It gets narrowed down. It gets edited. So... It's like this. It's like you have to uh, know that whatever you're going into, what kind of pool 
you're going to be swimming in with other fish. It's like uh, I was telling my boy yesterday, you know, I, I was being funny, but it's so true. He's so hood. He always hanging out and drinking at, at the $2 Tuesdays. But then he always complaining about the chick he meet at $2. I said, my dude, for $2, what'd you expect? I, I told my boy the same thing. I said, hey, man, why don't you try meeting a woman at 4 p.m. instead of 4 a.m.? <laughs> you, you, you complain yeah. about the same shit. You meet somebody at four o'clock in the morning, you already know. <laughs> then you and come you back to my bitches ain't shit. Doctor. Right, you're a female <laughs> doctor. You gotta know the pool that you're swimming in has been straight edited for you now. First of all, you're a black female doctor. Second of all, you're a female doctor. Third, you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, you know that being a, a someone of stature is intimidating to most. Right. So all these things are now on your pool down. So you can't wake up and be surprised when you find yourself asymptomatic to relationships. You understand what I'm saying? I just wrote that shit right there. Write that down. Asymptomatic to relationships. That's kind of nice. I like that. That was pretty good. Well, I mean, if you like, I was just telling him, if you pick a, a occupation or a, a road to go down, so to speak, like you're heading down this road for your future, you you must. <laughs> I, I always say black people hate to read the fine print, but it's so true. Like you must know the sacrifices that your occupation, uh, your job hazard, as they call them, is is what is going to entail. Like I know that picking the life of a comedian, I knew my sacrifice. But how did you know that 30 years ago? Because you've been because, doing it for 30 years. Right, but we've watched enough people. Here's the thing. It's 2020. We ain't the first to do nothing. So we've had more than enough examples in our lifetime to say, okay, that job, with that job, you got to do this. With that job, you got to be here. You got to I know the major sacrifice. I know for a fact that I'm going to be away from home a lot. If I'm successful, I'm going to not be around my kids. I'm going to miss a lot of father family stuff you know what i mean uh, i know that for a fact that's my biggest sacrifice of getting into the line of entertainment i knew that though you know what i mean can i ask you a question real quick then we get into the interview Absolutely. i told i told her this and i've actually told other women this and i've you know kind of got hung up on but i mean this is just real talk to me i've hung around i know guys that's been single since they've been 13 14 years old never been in a relationship not not even had a girlfriend before had plenty of plenty of action though right. never action. had a never had a girlfriend ever we 40 now still ain't got a girlfriend not, not a baby mama not a girlfriend still plenty of action so i told the young lady i said if you want to find if you want to get married you probably got to find someone that's married cuz typically people that's men that men that get married you when they usually leave their marriage they usually get married again I, I, I got a boy that's been married four times and we're 40 years old. And every time he leaves his relationship, bad divorce, all that shit, he gets back married because he's he's a type of brother that wants to get married. But yeah. I got homeboys that ain't never been in a relationship and they ain't never going to be in a relationship. But women still try to like, I'm going to I'm going to marry him. No, you're not. <laughs> he ain't, ain't, ever, getting, mistake, right? he ain't not, ever getting married. <laughs> not AKA marriage material. Like marriage, yeah, marriage is definitely a, a way of life in a, in, a, in a state of mind. And it's, it's well, see, if women know, here's the thing. 
we got to do the math. I, one thing to me, I love math. I'm a math major. I've always loved math. And the numbers never lied to me. I'm, I'm 50. You four, I'm 50. And in 50 years of living, married, uh, numbers ain't never lied. The numbers are plain and simple. You live in a world where it's 20 women to every one dude. Jerry, didn't I just say that? Didn't I just it's say that? 20, it's just 20 to that. 1. The numbers don't lie. I, I told a woman, that. I was in a conversation with a woman, the same conversation. And she was like, well, what the hell that mean? I said, well, okay, let me put it to you this way. Women move different because women is 20 to 1. So women got really, each relationship, they got one mistake to make or one thing to do wrong. A dude got 19 chances and mistakes to get to the right one. It's 20 of them. So I could run through 19 and have the walk this mentality, the treat them the worst. And this, but, I'm, you know, some guys get lucky. They don't have to use all their 19. But guess what? The guys that don't use their whole 1920, now he changes the numbers for me. When you factor in the brothers in jail, the brothers who are gay don't want no nookie. Cherry, you Cherry, Cherry, in, Cherry didn't I just say that? <laughs> Cherry, I just said that verbatim. I just said that verbatim. The brothers in jail, the brothers in yeah. I just said now, that. factor that in the numbers. The numbers don't lie. So we starting with 20 to 1. When you factor all those deficits in there, you're really more like 30, 35 to 1. Look, so like we I get said. 30 mistakes to make before we... Say, okay, I'm going to settle down with this one. And this ain't taking none from women. Women, y'all sleep with whoever y'all want to. Y'all can sleep with any man y'all want to. But men marry who they want to. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I've been told, now you gentlemen can tell me if I'm right or wrong. Men do not marry the women who they have the wildest times with, the best sex with. They marry a woman who brings them stability and calmness. Well, that, it depends on, again, it depends on the line of work uh, that a dude his path. I would say for the most part, the higher percentage would be correct, right? But then you have, let's say we're talking 65, 35. You have a big crop of dudes who are, and we were just talking about this earlier, like in Hollywood, right? When somebody wants to smash in Hollywood, it's a thing that they actually marry your ass. It's actually a thing where I'm going to marry, I'm an actor, I'm going to marry this actress, and I really just want to have some fun for a while, but we get along and blah, blah, blah. You know what? (laughs) I know she need that. For me to really get in the smash, for her to let her guard down and let me really do what I need to do, I'm going to marry her. Because because the Hollywood state of mind, dog, is they don't plan on staying there. Word. And that's a real factual state of mind. If you don't believe me, look at Hollywood's track record. Damn. They pass each other around like it ain't shit. Yeah, I heard. More, not, more so, you know, our counterparts than the black folks, but either way. I was like, wait still, a minute, I feel shit. I never even married an actor. No, the, the, the black, <laughs> black people, not so much. They, I mean, you can find some that did, but for the most part, that's the Hollywood thing. It's true. So, Talon, just let me, uh, he already know. I had a crush on you. Char Jackson used to make me stay up late and watch comedy shows, and I only stayed up waiting for you to come on, and after you came, I went to sleep. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> so disrespectful to the rest of the show. Huh? This is- Whatever. <laughs> I'd be like, funny. tell me when time going to be on. I'm waiting for you to... And, it, you know, after he was off, so was I. Yo, that's hilarious, yo. That's hilarious. (laughs) I was laughing because the last, you know, we was on Girls Night In together. You you were wonderful, by the way. And um, so last weekend was Kiki. 
you know, uh, Kiki was Kiki Hayes, last name yeah. Hayes. So I know Kiki from back when we did the Boston Comedy Club in the village in the city for years. And Kiki was in college. So while we go through a whole hour and a half show, you know, these girls, they're in their pajamas, they sipping wine, right? You get to the end of the damn show and Rock's then they're signing off. And Kiki just comes out of nowhere like, hold up, y'all. Before we sign off, you know, I don't know why Talent over there quiet playing the music. You know, I used to fuck with Talent. I'm like, <laughs> I'm looking around my I'm looking around my office like, wait a minute, my my Wi-Fi's gone out. So I'm just going, wait a minute, wait, what? And all the girls are like, so now this is another 30 minutes to the show. Everybody's like, do tell what? And I'm like, I'm like, Kiki, what kind of shit you feeling right now? Like, usually the women don't want the guy to blow their spot. And I'm a gentleman, so right. I'm never gonna blow a sister spider because I I don't want I want people to do it to others as I do it to you. So I'm never blowing a sister spider. And that was the first time I was in a situation where the woman jumped out and blew the spider. I'm like, wow, okay. I'm like, so everybody's looking at me like, where? I'm like, well, you know. And then she's gonna hit me with this is the second woman since this pandemic. I don't know if this is like causing women to have like. Epiphanies or what, but she's the second one that R. Kelly meets. She goes, Well, talent, you know, back then, you know, I was I was 17. I, I know I was in college, but you know, really, you you kind of I said, Well, you R. Kelly me. Because anytime I meet a girl who's somewhere where she ain't supposed to be, you can't hold me to that. I see now see now see talent. That's funny to me, and I agree, but I don't can we even talk like that in 2020 now? Yeah, everything done changed. I don't I know. Thank God for being a comedian. We have a different badge. Certain comedians so, can. I have a I have a badge that if you well if you came up and is known for keeping it real right. and known for like you talk like that, it's different if you was a character and then you come and say something offline right, everybody right, right, right. they attack the shit out of you. But if you got that, I don't give a fuck. That's me. The I don't give a fuck. This one I'm gonna say. So my thing is like I told one girl like, and the funny thing is this this how this is the mindset of a woman. So we're talking, and she's like, oh, yeah, you know, I got to find the picture you signed for me. You know, you know, I was only uh, 17, but I so now I'm quiet in the phone, right? She said, why are you quiet? I said, because I feel some sort of way. I feel like you are Kelly me. Like you, you literally vice versa are Kelly me. I said, now, if people don't know no better, you know, I could get in trouble. I could have gotten in trouble for that back then, your aunt, anybody, right? She's like, no. She said, and what are you worried about? Now, this is like 21 years ago. She's like... What do you worry about? Statue of limitations, seven years. I said, bitch, you ain't been watching the news. <laughs> New York State, they moved it to 20. You just squeaked out of this shit. Word. You just squeaked out. But see, I, I said, she said, well, you ain't never asked this or to show the idea. I said, let me explain something. I was where I was supposed to be. You are a woman or young lady or whatever, and you're somewhere you're not even supposed to be unless you're 21. Yeah. Oh, well, we had fake IDs on it. That's what I'm trying to say. You putting dudes in positions that can end their lives. You got to be careful. See, I I, I know. Yeah. See, we you, see, we came from that era, talent where we could talk like, I don't know if you could talk like that. No, they, yes, absolutely, because she, she ain't okay. out. He ain't trying to file a charge, so he good, and she a year but, late. No, I'm good now, but I will I will say this because I said this when the whole, not this time, but back when the R. Kelly thing first came up. And I remember when the tape was out, right? And everybody was watching which, this which, tape. This which tape? tape? This, this has been a bunch of which tape? Well, no, this the, the the heavy circulation one. No, the no. one that came out had the three chicks on it, and the end was the young girl, right? So anybody that's seen that tape know that 
the first two young ladies in question, everybody, every dude said the same thing watching tape, like, you know what? I can see him getting caught up right there because they look damn sure a grown-ass woman of age. But when you get to the last part of the tape, ain't no if and but about it, nigga. You violate. You are, out of, you are clearly guilty. This girl, you clearly look at this girl and know this is somebody's little ass niece or daughter underage. So, you know, I feel for dudes like that. You know what I mean? Like, that can get bamboozled, but at the same token, you got to be smart. Like, you're not going to get me. The only reason you got me 20-something years ago is because you are going out of your way to be somewhere you ain't even supposed to be. But see, the media will flip that and say you're victim blaming and no. all. See, I, I just don't, I, I just stay away from all that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm not worried about I it. Though. I don't know what you can say anymore. I don't know what I you know can as say. As a young girl, I was in a lot of places I wasn't supposed to be. But thank God I had groups of men around me who were definitely right. in the industry, but they knew that I wasn't supposed to be there and they sent my little young ass home. I think we all did shit, and uh, you, that's what being young is. Right. You're sneaky, young, defy my parents' shit. I get that. Ain't not, I really don't think nothing wrong with that part of it. I think it's wrong when you cross the line, yeah. uh, something like sex. Yeah. Like, you, you can't have sex with somebody that was in that place that you wasn't supposed to be. Unless it was another youngster that wasn't supposed to be there either. See, that's no, now, now, now you're too young. It's cool. Well, see, talent. That's why I told my cousin. We got a cousin. Um, can I say his name? Well, I'll say his name and I might edit it out. We call him and right. The, right when this thing happened, he goes on Facebook and says, I wish y'all would stop it. Everybody knows we used to fuck young hoes back in the day. Oh. He said, you can't say shit like that, man. What's wrong, What's wrong with you? Oh, come on, it's like that. Everybody know. Why y'all make the big deal? We used to fuck, ho- we used to fuck young hoes all the time. And I'm like, so, you can't you can't write that on Facebook and press. How, yeah. What was you thinking to write that on Facebook and then press send? So I can tell you a true story about me. There is a very well known actor to this date who hates me, and the reason why he, he he can't stand me because he thinks I'm a rude little bitch, and I wasn't trying to be rude. But I met this man. You got to cut his name out. But I'm going to tell y'all while we talk about this story. Can I guess? Can I guess? No. Yes. Okay. So I was at a, I was at a club called the Palladium. Oh, and okay. Boys to Men was performing. And so the owner told me, you can come in while Boys to Men performs, but you cannot have a drink. And I don't want to see you with no old men. I said, okay, deal. It was like two more dance songs before they got on the stage. I was grooving. I was like right up front because I was trying to get me like a little good, you know, viewpoint. And this man walked up to me and he said, hey, want to dance? And I looked at him. I said, "Uh uh-uh. And he said, what's wrong with you? You don't want to dance with me? I said, "Uh uh-uh. He said, you want a drink? I said, oh, no, no, no. I can't have no drink. (laughs) No, 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 thank you. So I'm just just dancing with my girls and kind of inching his way in, right? But I'm scared because I'm like, oh, my God, it was at his penis. I shouldn't have felt that. I'm trying to keep my nose clean, right? And he inching in and he turns around and he said, I know who you are. And I said, thanks. I know who you are, too. (laughs) But I want him to go away. Then he turned around and he said, do you know who I am? I said, bitch, you ain't nothing if you don't get the fuck out of my face, it was mm, That wasn't my guess. And I wasn't trying to be rude, 
But they done already told me I got until right. get off the stage. Don't touch nothing to drink. Don't be up here with this old man. And then you and these little girls that I brought up in here, get out. Yeah, I know that the sense in the world. Yeah, and I probably was looking way too grown. I had my boobs up. I had on way too much makeup. You know what I'm saying? And he just saw some little young light skin. He was like, hey, Red Bone, what's up? And I was like scared. So till this day, when I see him, he be like, they're going to put that grown sugar cane on you. Yeah, <laughs> grown so man sugar But you, you got to cut his name out, but he's still. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I got you. This is Cherry's World. Some girls do, some girls don't. Some girls will, some girls won't. Some girls quit, some girls try. But let me tell you about one that's fly. I met this pretty thing named Kate. She was locked up for a moving weight. Reading is how she escapes. Her favorite rapper Snoop Dogg and Drake. I just want to take on a date. Grab a double-double fries and a shake. Excited about her release date. You can find you a soul inmate. Being single doesn't have to be a life sentence. Check out some of the gorgeous ladies on incarceratedbeauties.com and find yours. This is Cherry's world. Talent. <laughs> and you know this interview, he said this interview ain't started. It done started like 20 minutes ago. Yeah. But tell us about your show, Girls Night In. Oh, Girls Night In um, is, is a good show that, uh, you know, along with uh, Twyla, you got the three co-hosts, female co-hosts, Coco Brown, Twyla, Trish Mann, and they do their thing. And what happened was I actually went on, I think it was the first one they were trying. And I was kind of like, uh, as a guest, like, you know, on the show or whatever, but I'm in my, you know, I tape everything that I do virtually now out of my office because I have nice art and stuff. So I love to display the art and everything. So I'm in the office, my DJ equipment's in there and they're taking, they're kind of like taking their time, getting it going, but the zoom is running. So my music is running and they're like, Hey, that's, that's cool. Though. Keep it playing while we get everybody together, whatever. So I end up inadvertently being the sound for the show at the same show that I'm about to be the interview on. So by the end of the show, you know, they were like, Hey, play this, play that. Okay. Thank y'all. And they partaking and I'm end up being the background sound. They say, you know what? And so I was, yo, it's a promoter girl. It was like, yo, you know, when we come back, man, we need to hire you and how you just pop in as a DJ if you can. If you got the time, just come on so we have come in music and make it a little vibe or whatever. And I was like, cool. So that was like four or five shows ago when they first just started testing the thing out. And I ended up being, you know, a fixture on the show, be doing my part on that. Um, but since this whole pandemic, man, it's been nothing but shows for me. Like I got a, a show on Vimo called It's Just Comedy, the show. And that right there, I get to have two of my comic friends rock out on some quarantine comedy. I get to have special guests like yourself come on and just sit down and we chop it up about any and everything. And it's a real fun half hour show. And we've been blessed to have four seasons in the can already. So I'm about to start the fifth season. Wow. And you're doing it from home. Now, I do it from home. Everybody's at home. Uh, we we use the, the stream yard, you know, function and we're able to edit it up nice. So you're looking like you're looking at 
any other late night show and we quarantine comedy to death. Like every comic you love from Rodney Perry to Tony Roberts to Melanie Camacho, they all come through this thing and, and just rock with me. And it's the tightest half hour. My special guests, like I'm so proud of because everybody named Mother looked out for me from Big Daddy Kane to Dougie Fresh to uh, uh, Latrell Sprewell, Alan oh. Houston. Like, just, just like we cover everything sports, politics, you know what I mean? Like models, rappers, you know, singers. I mean, we cover everything with the special guests. So I'm proud of that show. That's amazing. I can, I can understand the feeling because you looked out for me. I, I bombarded you. I was like, okay, I just did your show. Can you do me a favor? I need and I need, I need the world to know him, but I really need to be like, hey, Char. Uh, <laughs> I know that's right. And you know, I'm going to call a favor again because like the next you know, week we start back up season five. We got to get you back on there. It's just comedy to show you'll love that. I'm there. All day. That's what I'm talking about. Thank you. Now, you said that everybody goes into careers and does not read the fine print, right? I'm still mm. having issues with my fine print. It's been 38 years for me. I was six years old. I didn't read nothing. Right. So well, see, you're, you're an exception to the rule, though, because you're a child star. You know what I mean? A child star, when you came into your child star, so that's different. Like like you said, I didn't know nothing. I'm, I'm a kid. I'm thrown into this line of profession. Uh, you know, a lot of the time, our parents, they will find an occupation for us. You know what I mean? You know, I can't blame West my mom. West Indians do it the best. I was going to say, I can't blame my mom. I did this. I totally okay. did this myself. I just did not know what I was doing until Family Matters ended. So it took me until maybe like 15 years ago when mm -hmm. social media started coming about and people were on the internet to realize what the hell I had done to myself. <laughs> but that's cool though because you know what that's that's regular like to me nobody goes into any form of entertainment or sports with the straight red defined print mechanism your first certain amount of years for, for some of us it varies but your first portion of your career when you dive in it's supposed to be fun because that's what drew that's what drew you in you yeah. know Everybody that's in any entertainment form or fashion, they was pulled in by the fun first. Mm -hmm. You know, just it's not like a, a, an accountant or a lawyer or a surgeon. You look at that like, you know, that's a good, stable job. They make this amount a year. I got to go to this much school, blah, blah, blah. It's more methodical. When it's entertainment, it's more fun first. It's more like, yo, that, I could do that. That's crazy. I could do that. I'd be doing that. And when you go try it on a professional level and God forbid, you actually can do it. And now you're in it having fun. You're showing up to work. You're having fun. When I got into comedy, or let me say this better yet. When I thought I was going to do comedy, I didn't even think they got paid for it. I didn't know it was a, I thought it was a hobby. Right. So I was in my mind, I swear to God, in my mind, I was like, I, I was this young, I was dumb young when I first seen it. And I'm like, barely a teenager, like, yo, when I retire, I'm doing that comedy thing, yo. That's going to be my, that's going to, that's what I'm going to go out with. Like, that's going to be my hobby. I thought it was a hobby. I had no clue people made a living off of it. So what did you think you were going to do for a career? Well, first I was, I was heavily into music. I'm out of Mount Vernon, right? So, and Money Earning Mount Vernon, we put a lot of music heads back to back out there. So at the time, when I come in through high school, I was working on music. I was in a rap group and we signed with B-Boy Records. So 
we're working with Uptown Records at the same time with Heavy D, Pete Rock, I'll be sure. So all this is going on. We in that little clump, you know, and we're signed. So we're like, oh, we next, you know, we in line, whatever the case may be. Uh, we were on B-Boy Records with Karis One when he dropped Criminal Minded. But what happened is they, the record label folded. They took the money, went out of the country. So Karis One, us, Sparky D, JVC Force, it was about six, seven groups that was just left flat. Now, Karis One being having the hottest records out, Jive was able to pick him up and pay Buku money. But for those of us who were still building our stuff, we wasn't worth anything yet. So nobody was going to pay a bunch of money to bail you out. You know what I mean? So in my plan, a vision, once I finished dropping a few albums, <laughs> once I got my my uh, Big Daddy Keen on or whatever, my Rock Kim on, on the, on the back end, go show people how funny I am. You know, that was going to be my hobby. Wow. And then how did you end up acting? Everything that I've done outside of comedy, other than music, has been a branch and a spawn product of stand-up. So by becoming funny, everybody's looking at connecting you to everything else. Oh, you funny. You can host Apollo. Oh, you funny. Um, you go over here, do this. So I remember one day getting a call. I had like acting was so off my radar. Like, no acting class, man. so not even on the radar. And I got a call from Bob Sumner, who was the producer of Death Comedy Jam. So wow. Bob goes, hey, T, uh, go down to such and such day casting for this movie. You know, it was a basketball movie. Now, keep in mind, at night, we played basketball after our comedy shows at night. So he knew I hooped. He was like, yo, the, the Robbie Reed, shout out to Robbie Reed casting. Robbie Reed had gave him a breakdown. It was like, they looking for uh, a tall comedian type comedy relief who could play ball and blah, 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 all this stuff. He was like, dude, that's you. Go down there. I was like, Bob, I ain't never acting nothing. Just go down there and try You never know. Whatever. So I go, he's, they send me the sides. I go down there, uh, meet Robbie reading them. I read the first time. They give me the call back. Each call back got more nerve wrecking for me because, again, I have no experience. So the first time reading off the page was cool. But then I got to go back and read with uh, Rhea Perlman. Now come back, the director's going to be there. Now come back, the Danny DeVito's going to be there. I'm like, yo. So each time, I'm sweating more and more. Like, yo. <laughs> I mean, at what point is somebody going to ask me, have you ever acted? Nobody, like, none of this shit is happening. So the last audition at the 40s was in a gym to go play ball. So they brought in some ringers and wanted to see if, you know, you could pull off that part of the story. And we was balling, and the only one we kind of did some work with was Fredro, because Fredro, you know, he cut hair, they had the barbershop, they was the street dudes, they was hardcore rappers. So he wasn't really into ball like that. I mean, he knew the gist of it. So we worked with him. We had like three, four-week training camp before we even shot, brought a camera out and all that stuff. But that was the first acting gig. And when I'm working on that one, the writer was on set, and me and him kind of hitting it off, and they let us... Uh, rewrite a lot of the script because it had been sitting so the slang was old and me and Fred was like new york dudes ain't talking like this b you gotta let us it was like oh yo, yo do do whatever so we end up punching a lot of that up so the writer was on set was like yo you know your stuff i'm working on a project about to get lit about to get green lit man i think i got a role for you and i'm like yeah whatever you know how hollywood is i'm like whatever dude. and as soon as this thing wrapped not even three four months his thing got picked up, the next movie, and I'm on the set with uh, Marissa Tomei, Rosie Perez, 
uh, Nick Shenlin, a bunch of cats, John Leguizamo doing this movie called uh, Brothers Kiss. And that was the sex. So those two kind of went so fast back to back. And then I ended up doing about maybe eight more over the years, but acting spawned from comedy. Wow. And those of you who don't know the first one he's talking about, it is Sunset oh, yeah. Park. My bad. Sunset Park, 24, <laughs> 24th uh, anniversary. Word. Amazing. You know what's so funny? Guess who we're interviewing later today? And I didn't even realize that you guys both did Sunset Park until I was, I don't prepare. Courtney always talks about me because I never prepare for the interview. <laughs> but I wanted to do your intros, right? So I went and I was looking on IMDb and I said, oh, fuck. Federal Star will be here later. Oh, you got the homie. Yes. You got the homie, man. And That's my dude, man. That's Antoine yes. is like my brother. So oh, we had Fontana on, but he was like on one of our first episodes. Right. Let me tell you something. That whole cast, we became so tight. Like, I think every artist has those projects that no matter what they go on to do, there's a there's a, a link, a camaraderie that happens that you never can break. And that's the cast. That cast right there. I mean, we we had trials and tribulations behind the scenes. People went to jail. People got <laughs> messed up. People fought. People tried to kill each other. Like it we was. We love each other. You no, know, but the bond was crazy because it was like everybody and they had their own thing going in their own right. You know what I mean? I think the only one who kind of uh, blew like after the fact was you know the Terrence Howard and like DeAndre Bonds. You know, DeAndre, after that, he took off with the get on the bus and the ill-gotten you know, gains and, you know what I mean? Like, tales from the hood. Like, he just... His I thing want like DeAndre that. on the show so bad, too, but you know DeAndre like I know DeAndre. I'm scared to schedule it and then he don't show up. But, like, yeah, he's in my girlfriend's house and I sit down next to him, he gonna do it. No, he's he cool. You're right, though. You're right. It's scheduling-wise, you can't set your watch to him at all, but... I, he's one of those dudes, man, and I will say this and take it to the grave, like like raw, organic talent as an yeah. actor, dude, if he had everything else in life together, forget about it, man. Like his his raw, organic talent. We, we was, you know, he's like the baby of the group when we working on it. And we're all young, 23, 24, but he's a baby baby. He's a teenager, and we all in awe of him. And we just like, meanwhile, he's in awe of us, the older dudes. Oh my God, I'm with Onyx. You know what I mean? And T, take me to the comedy club and all that. And meanwhile, it's, when it came to the acting thing, man, other than, you know, Fredro had strapped already. Other than that, you're looking at this dude like this. Yo, this dude was, it was the weirdest thing. He could be mid-fight, like mid-something traumatic happening in real life, and they just go action, and this dude fall into the thing like, and you just sitting there like. And he's hilarious. Like, oh, he's, he's, come out of his mouth when the camera rolls. <laughs> you cannot, like, it, you can't write it. It's impossible. Nah, he, yeah, he's awesome, man. But that whole click, like, uh, you guys them, are them dudes, you never forget them. You never forget them. They're unforgettable. You're going to love Fred, Fredro. And Fredro's like a, uh, you know, Fredro's much, I've I watched the growth in him as a man, right? Back then, being a young dude, you just dealing with Fredro's star from Onyx. So you ain't gonna get much. You're gonna get a bunch of weed blown in your face. But you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You're gonna get that. That's the old Fredro. But when you talk to Fredro now, when I tell you this man has evolved into a ball of wisdom and, and knowledge and articulation, I, I love and respect that brother. That is so sweet. And it's nice to feel like that about people that you work with. 
Right? Because it's Fredro Starr from Onyx. That's the last shit we think it's going to be, right? Come on. <laughs> we all thought... <laughs> I have a totally different relationship with Fredro. Like, he's never been anything but a gentleman to me. It's always been, like, you know, a high... But I don't even know if we've ever... If anybody's ever said, hey, Cherry, this is Fredro. Cherry, this is Fredro. It was just always like a, hi, sis, how you doing? Right. No, but I mean, I the, but see, you're in the business, so I've never heard nothing bad about Fredro, especially from females, anybody in the business. But from New York, I know this Negro from Street Cred. And I know Onyx and what they did and ravaging the game. I mean, they, Onyx was, and if you look at Onyx, man, and the stature-wise, you're like, yo, how the, how the hell is these, this group the bully of hip-hop? That's hilarious. Now, when, they was, when they was running stuff, they was running stuff. You understand what I'm saying? Like, and you brought their name up or whatever. I remember bringing people, they ain't nothing, man, smack shit out. I'm like, oh, okay, all right. So if you told me 24 years ago, I'll be sitting here giving him all those kudos of the man that he's evolved to be. Hell no. You know, now we talk about, you know, Fredro came out with a new line of shotguns and nine millimeters. I'll be like, yeah, that's how, that's how, that's that's cool. That's about right. I know he's lived. That's my dude, though. He's a scholar, though. Do you, did you know what fame was? Like, are you comfortable? Okay, so I like to ask my black people this. Do you know that you're famous? Of course. And how do you feel about that? Because that to me, that's such a weird thing. Like, I didn't know what fame was till I was like 30. Like, fame for me is like Beyonce and Jay-Z. They famous. Yeah, well, I, I look at it like two different ways. Like, because I had the opportunity to get into radio, so I got a lot of radio under my belt. Radio bug me out not not tv fame like tv fame you kind of almost expect it you know you borderline if you get too caught up and read your own press clippings i've watched people get upset when you don't recognize them you know you got those those narcissistics out there that you know hey you know what like they'd be staring at you waiting for you to say oh my god you know what i mean and like you know so TV-wise, you kind of expect it like, okay, you know you're on the show that's in heavy rotation and they're playing your stuff all the time. So somebody says, oh, well, cool. That's easy. But radio is what shook me is because I didn't think people could register a voice the way they do and be somewhere random and hear that voice and turn around like 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 the, the same reaction, if not more, that I've seen you on TV. But you ain't even seen me. You just heard a voice. I'd be in a supermarket. I swear to God, that was the one that scared me the most. And I'm online, and I turned to some, one, somebody behind me and said, this is the one that's on sale. I think I said, this is the one that's on sale, right? And the person in front of me spun around and did this. And I'm like, yo, I ain't doing nothing to you. Like, I got the reaction like, uh, how are you spinning around for? And it was like, say something else. And I was like, what do you mean, say something else? That's him. That's him. The morning show. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah. It was like, yeah, man. And, and I, that's how I was. I sat in my car for 10 extra minutes like, is that possible? Like that could happen? I was like, yo, that's crazy. But see, I'm, my thing is this: when you when you keep your boots on the ground, like I always do, I'm I'm never gonna as long as I'm in the entertainment business, I'm never gonna lift my boots off the ground. You have to stay connected in your grassroots because your fans make you who you are. And I think the more connection or access they have, the more they're liable to support. I'm living proof of it. A comic ain't supposed to last as long as I'm lasting. You know, it's not natural. But if you're connected, 
then you have genuine fan base. So when you come to a dude's page, you go, oh, you got 150,000 followers, but they're not organic. They're not real. Mm-hmm. So he could be here today going tomorrow. But if you go to my page, he's 30, oh, he got 30,000. Those are 30,000 real ones though. Yeah. So those are 30,000 I could count on if I need to start a GoFundMe tomorrow, them 30,000 gonna put some money in there. You know what I mean? So it's an organic thing. So when I, my thing is I move that way, right? And the minute I get around people, especially on personal time, when I'm out there, I already know, again, I read the fine print. I know that when I walk into a public situation, I belong to these people for however long I'm in there, right? But if I'm on my personal time, then you got to act accordingly and be dumbed down as much as I am. I did a barbecue at my house not too long ago, and I had a cousin bring a dude by that was just off the rocker. He was blowing everybody's vibe. Everybody was on some real chilling in the driveway, good music, sipping. But my cousin's over there playing cards. It was just some good old home vibe like us people do. So and this dude was just, he couldn't sit still. Yeah, he was so high when he got there that he he looking for me, asking me where I'm at. That's how high he was. So my cousin's laughing. My cousin's laughing like, oh God, we see where this is going. So after that, I told my my cousin who he came with us, I said, dude, you gotta gotta take a walk with your man. I said, you can circle back, but he can't be here. He look at everybody. Everybody's vibe is trying to wonder and figure out what's going on. That's not where we was at. And you gotta go. You know what I mean? Because I'm I'm a I'm a stickler of that. You know, the, the celebrity and fame, when we cut it off, we cut it off. And it's nice to be able to, because I always tell people, people say, well, what is it like? I said, you know, it's kind of weird. It's like wearing a customer service badge and people don't want to let us take it off. <laughs> that's, a, that's a dope ass analogy. You're right. You're absolutely <laughs> That's the really, <laughs> ma'am, you work here? Mm, I guess so. <laughs> right. I guess right now for this hour while I'm here. This is Cherry's World. You can bend it, squeeze it, switch it, twash it, toss it. It's a you can get yours today at stressphone.com. And by the way, the stress phone is a black owned business. I, I don't mind it because again, it's, you know what it's like? It's like, I got the hookup. When you have fame, you get to use, I like to use it when I need to. If I need to, I don't want to be on this long line, I'm talent. Let us in. I need my drinks quicker. Yo, talent. I need a round. You know, I, I'll use it any minute. I'm buying a car. Hey, ain't you that dude? Absolutely. What could you do for me? I'm that guy. But in a general sense, when I cut it down, we got to cut it down. That's fine. That's why I love him. Like, for real, we was vibing. He was like, y'all got something real in y'all cup? What y'all doing? No matter who was tripping, I don't know. This show is wild, okay? They got way more yeah. balls, Courtney, than I'll ever have. Mm. They let a hundred people live yeah. on the show was at eleven o'clock at night. <laughs> no. And as a producer of this show, I wouldn't even let Cherry Johnson in that <laughs> environment like that <laughs> doing Twyla's this. Twyla's the homegirl. Twyla, you know, she's a wild little Scorpio like me. Yeah. But they kept their straight. They was trying to act like they didn't see the dude that didn't have on no clothes. They kept the whole up. time. This dude, the whole time, but <laughs> like, this dude is in his room, dude. What are you doing? <laughs> Yo, you know what he was doing. 
That's like that Zoom. That's like that Zoom video. You see that you one where that. the dude started jerking off? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. In a work Zoom video, and he just think he hit his camera and go get the lotion. Everybody's like, "Yo, turn your camera off. Go, go." <laughs> Like, their show was so real, but everybody else was, like, straight-faced. They weren't paying any attention. And I was like, does anybody see this? <laughs> Let me put my glass down. Maybe oh. <laughs> I drink a little bit too much of this. Yo, that's hilarious. No, it's a cool show. It's cool. I like it because, you know, it's, it's late. If you're on the East Coast like we are, you know, it's going to be late, 11. You know, of course, for them, they, they just 8 o'clock. They think it's regular we over here like, okay, all right, let's do it. You, you're lucky as a quarantine. I love I loved to know that you saw it, though, because I was like, am I bugging? Or should I just not look over there no more? <laughs> you, so hold up, you, you're on your computer, right? I was on my computer and me being see, on- see, see, me, I'm on the, the phone, oh. so I constantly, I constantly swipe to get four at a time, right? So I'm swiping, and I swipe past this buff dude, and I said, I went back like, is that nigga? Yo. <laughs> What the hell's going on? That's the same thing. People say the same thing. And Trisha was just being so sweet. She's asking me questions, and I'm trying to answer. And I'm looking at, I'm looking at all you on the side. And I'm like, does anybody else see this for me? Like they got balls. The show is amazing. The hosts are beautiful. Talent yeah. keeps the party going. You guys, you got to check out Girls Night. And <laughs> but beware. You do want to scroll the audience because you might find it. Damn. Damn. As you do on the show. Hey, well, hey thank God. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you a question about. Um, I see you got the Black Lives Matter shirt in the back in the background. Um, mm-hmm. As a comedian, I, 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 me personally, I stay away from. I, I stop arguing and talking politics with people who just started paying attention to politics in 2016. I'm like. You just you, you motherfuckers ain't even worth talking to. So it's right. like, why would I even waste my breath? But uh, how do you feel as far as like talking politics, as far as like in comedy in, in general? You know, well, on stage, um, unless I have a definitive point to make, I stay away from it on stage. Right? I don't because I, I'll take risk about any other topic because I know that there's an out, so to speak. But the two things that not necessarily may have an out and is the chance of a lifetime to take is politics and God. Yeah. Right. So God, you can get on, you can get real touchy on it or and not even you, somebody might take it there with a response or rebuttal and it can get to a weird place where there's no out. So on stage, I make it a point that if I have a definitive point, no problem. Like I'm going to shoot a special next month, 30 minute special, sort of like what Chappelle did, yeah. but it's going to be more well-rounded. Like he, he kind of zeroed in on the George Floyd thing. Right. And my thing is going to be more the big picture thing. Like why we are here and what's part of the problem and how to do it better. Like, you know, how to get better at it. You know what I mean? The whole thing with the sy- systemic racism, the police brutality, just a picture of, where we are, because a lot of people, I think, are lost when it comes to that. So I have a an idea and a breakdown that's, you know, worth thinking about. Um, so when I'm doing stand up, I'm like you, like, because you're going to you don't know who's in your audience. There's no such thing as a professional audience. You're dealing with an amateur audience. So you can spit something like you just said, you've been thinking about this and been culture inclined 
for the last, all your life for 20, 30 years. And then you get a guy in the audience who just cut his TV on last Tuesday. Right. Fuck all that. You're like, oh shit, this motherfucker. So now you got to engage with the bullshit and you're wasting intellect because first of all, this person should be taught or briefed first. Right. The worst thing to do is get in an argument with somebody who don't have the information or facts, who's ignorant to the information. So now you arguing with somebody that's like, you know, a slingshot against a Uzi. You know, you can't win that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's, a waste it's of like, right. I, if I know if I'm in the right form, I have no problem. Because but, again, I'm a true comic. A true comic, and, and Chappelle said this slightly in, in the thing, we are the last frontier of trust. It used to be a few places you could go to to get trust as far as somebody speaking out, right? Community leaders and activists don't really trust them so much. The churches, you see the fucking thing with the priests and preachers and touching the kids, don't trust them so much. All the people that are supposed to be in a position of power and vocalism to, to speak on shit, your trust is kind of strayed from them. Mm-hmm. So the comedian is the last dude that's been talking shit forever and dropping jewels forever that you like, you know what? I'd rather get it from this guy. Yeah. Let this guy get up here, do his thing, and let me cherry pick the knowledge droppings off of there from the funny. You know what I mean? But then, you know, uh, you, you're in the right environment today. Let me ask you a question about um, a, lady, a lady named Candace Owens. Okay. Uh, yeah, and, and you know, let me... Uh, I, I, I was trying to put together something. I, I, I just like to throw things out and give it to funny people and, and see if y'all can just r- run with it and shit. So you remember when uh, the Ahmad Aubrey thing happened, right? Yep. So Candace Owens said, well, he was a jogger. He shouldn't have been jogging in that area. Why? When have you seen a jogger wear khaki shorts? Then when the George Floyd thing happened, she brought up his criminal past. And the thing is, here's the thing. I have no problem with Republicans because some some black people as a whole, some most of us have a lot of conservative values. I just have a problem with Trump supporters. That's a whole different. I don't really look with the Trump supporters. Republicans, right. I, can, I can listen to what you're saying. So like 50 percent, 60 percent of shit Candace Owens be saying be halfway right. But then she always throw it off when she started bringing up other shit. So I just want to ask you, Joseph, like, you know, maybe you, maybe you might like it, maybe not, but things that, moments in black history that Candace Owens would have ruined. <laughs> moments she would have ruined, first of all, that the Martin Luther King assassination. Yeah. Who knows she would have ruined that shit? He shouldn't have been out on the balcony. What are you doing on the balcony at 2.30 in the afternoon? <laughs> in the sandwich, bitch. I, I said Candace <laughs> Owens would ruin the, uh, the transatlantic slave ship. She would have said it was a cruise ship. <laughs> you know, she would, she would have destroyed uh, uh, Fiddler on the Roof and Harriet Tubman. All that shit would have been fucked up. <laughs> that bitch would have went halfway through the water with Harriet, went back, said, they down here, down the river. Down the river. And, and, and then when she gave her a spit, well, why would you snitch on your own people? Well, first of all, I can't really swim like that. Right. I can't swim like that. This bitch is crazy. First of all, she is. Let me let's let's explain who these people are. These people are. I have this show that I do. I go live uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday at ten a.m. and it's called "Divided States of America," right? And my new theme song is "Here Come the Coons." Have you heard that song? 
Yes. Oh my God! You hear that song? No, I ain't heard it. Oh, it was yeah. on the video. That's how I heard yeah. it. Yeah, but look, look how crazy this shit is. It's on. What this dude did is he produced this song. It was a video of these. First of all, you, you ever look at the Trump rally? What Trump does is he casts black people. He yeah. casts them like a TV show, and he pays them to be an audience. And hold those signs, black voices of Trump, right? So they had this dude there. They was playing uh, Billie Jean through the speaker of the arena. So that little cluster of Negroes, 20, 30 of these motherfuckers, the dude got his phone dancing, doing the selfie shit to the music, and he looked stupid as motherfucker, right? With the make up, Keep America Great at. Yep. This producer took this video, produced a song called Higgum the Coons, Higgum the Coons, and put it to that video, dude, I think I can't see that. I think and I can't see that. You, but you, he, it's a real full-length song. Because I went, somebody sent me the link. I, I sent it to a bunch of people. Yeah. And the girl was like, oh, that's amazing. Hang on the real link for YouTube. So I go to YouTube. And I listen to the real song. With the, he puts the words up. And I'm like, that's deep as shit. So I emailed the guy. Like, listen, I'm talent. I do this show. I want to use your song as a theme song. Can you send me that track? And he sends me the... The pure uncut, no video, the real track, MP3, and every day I've been playing this shit as an intro and an outro. You know, people, I'm getting emails or send me that track. Like, that's crazy. So the Coons, that's Candace. These are people that will do anything for a check. Yeah. One thing, one thing the average person don't think of, and you gotta, you gotta give them this. I give them this a little bit. Not that I agree with it, but I give them this. You're thinking against the grain. You're saying, you know what? Everybody's going right. Mm -hmm. If in my culture, if I go left, there got to be some money in there because they they need us. Oh yeah. And they, yeah. they can't have us because we all going right. So it's just like Paul Revere and all that shit. You sell your soul to yeah. give a spin that yeah. you know all these people over here gonna be pissed at and is disrespectful to, but it don't matter because the checks being cut over here. Those two crazy yeah. black girls. That be on stage, Should the fake minister, yeah, the fake minister dude, black dude, got the shirt on, he got the soul for real collar on the shirt out. He, the minister would never wear a tie. That dude, you got these black people that sit over there and get those checks cut, and you could clearly see she's getting a check because if you ever listen to her and turn on Fox News, she's just spewing what's already been said. Oh, Whatever they spewing, she follows the narrative, repeat it verbatim, and feed it back out. It's a but what's crazy is there's people that really believe this stuff. And, and you know, and Cherry always tell me this. TV's not real, Courtney. And, 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 it's, and it's so true, especially when you watch something like Fox News. Like, that is not the place to get your news from. It is an inter it's 24 7 entertainment for, yeah. for right wing people. Like, Courtney mentions her, and I shut down because I can't give her no playtime and no energy because I think that she's a made personality for their agenda. Oh, absolutely. But the problem is, see, people that do stuff like that, and unfortunately in America, people are so wrapped around the dollar bill that the dollar bill, nine times out of ten, makes you think of now more than forever. So if you act on the now, you do dumb shit like that. Now, you got to remember, this shit ain't going to be forever. And now, once the, the, the blankets pulled from under your feet, so to speak, you're going to have to stand alone and the, and the public going to kill you.
Like, you ain't gonna be able to go nowhere. You ain't gonna be able to do nothing. We have that conversation, Talent. Have you been worried about your brand? Because what people say to me, even Courtney, sometimes they get nervous about the stuff that I post or maybe it comes off too pro-blackish. And I said, look, I am my brand. Cherry Johnson is the only reason why I work. There has been no huge brand that pays Cherry Johnson. I only get paid because I have been Cherry Johnson. So I'm more worried about my black people than any brand. Walmart's not paying me. Target's not paying me. And even if they were, I was black before I got that gig. So are you ever afraid to speak out because of your brand or what it might stifle later in your career? Not me, because for, I, I agree with you, first of all, our black trumps everything, right? Because if we don't stand up for that, then ring of shit. Right. Um, but I covered my ass inadvertently when I started out. When my slogan and brand was, don't take none of this shit personal, it's just comedy. That kind of covered me around the spectrum. So I could say the most outlandish shit and fall back on, it's just comics. Like, you know, like, you know, don't take a plan. That was my whole shit. Before I said anything on stage, I was like, hey, I ain't got but one rule. Don't take none of this shit I say personal. It's just comedy. So it's like, even though I'm dropping jewels and my opinion on things, you may or may not agree with it. And I leave it at that. Like, I post it on my shit all the time. People get mad all the time. I, can't, I ain't got time to worry about people getting mad. Like, I, I'm, I'm putting up there, if I see something funny, and, and it's funny because, see, in comedy, all the, the, the rules and, and, and parameters are rubber bands. They're like rubber. They just flexy. There's no, you're not boxed in anything. Not a, not a true comic. You know what I mean? So I should be able to make fun of everything. I still crack on my light-skinned, dark-skinned people. I still crack on the fat people. I still crack on this one, that one. The, the Trump supporters, blah, blah, blah. Whatever it is that's funny is going to get motherfucking play. Like the girl who started the, the hashtag Me Too movement. They had a picture one time and you know, not he was doing that shit talking about uh, I'm going to tell my kids this is so-and-so. Man, they had to shit there, her picture and said, I'm going to tell my kids this was Karis one. You think I ain't reposting that shit? Yeah. <laughs> you know, Courtney just got, got nervous. Courtney just got nervous. I'm they, they got in that shit like a couple. And, and the funny thing, yeah. out of 2,000 people that laughed at the shit, you had two people like, yo, yo, that's so-and-so <laughs> hashtag me too. I said, I don't give a fuck. That's funny. That, that's funny. That's, that's funny. All it said was, I'm going to tell my kids this was Karis one. Yeah, that shit was fun. <laughs> you can't tell me she don't, her Karis one don't share her nose. That shit was fun. Come on, man. Oh. Nobody could be, like, you could crack on me forever, and I repost you cracking on me. Listen, a girl I dated was one of the two people, and when she said that shit, I blocked her, and she was calling me for like a week. <laughs> you ain't got to go that far. Why you blocked me? I said, because you don't understand this page. I'm a fucking comedian. Don't come on here correcting me. That shit's funny. So I said, if you don't, don't take my word for it. I said, scroll down the thousand comments, and then look at your comment. Uh-huh, you don't remember, bitch. You don't remember. That shit's funny. Now, if it was vice versa, I'd take it down. But everybody took it for what it was worth other than you. It was like, oh, that's funny. Oh, she do look like him. Oh, that's crazy. Man, you crazy. Put your phone away. I'm dead. All the emojis you could think of. People was having a good time. Like, yeah. we didn't take it no further than that. We didn't go no deep. And whatever the case may be, it was just a funny-ass meme with a fucking caption on it. And we let it rock. But then uh-huh. I put some dumb shit up there. You know, and you love that. I'm like, come on, you can't, you can't, don't pick and choose on my page. 
I agree. Don't, don't pick do shoes on my page. Yeah, don't, don't do that. I appreciate you. Thank you for the 30 years of service. <laughs> oh, thank you. you. The black community, because we love you, bro. <laughs> hey, I love my community too, man. Let me tell you something, man. And thank God that 30 years don't even feel like 30 years. So that means you could give 30 more. You know what I mean? If you get to the 30 year point and it don't feel nowhere near 30, then you got that energy and perseverance to give them another 30. So I look forward to it. Thank y'all so much. Fun yeah, time. This is a dope conversation, so bro. Really Anytime, man. Don't Anytime. I'm going to reach out to you soon, too, because when I get the date, you know, come on and do the show. It's just coming. I'm going to answer. You call me. Love you. It's a little good meeting you, dog. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Plug the okay. show. Oh, don't forget to check it out. It's your boy, Talent. We got the show, It's Just Comedy, the show. Go to Facebook, follow the page, It's Just Comedy, the show. Click the link. Come on, Vimo, and watch us, man. Every night, 9 o'clock, new episodes. Season 5 coming your way. The 4 is up already. You can watch them. Go watch them. Booyah. Welcome to Cherry's World. Brought to you by Less Is More Events. Get Lime. Lime. Some girls do, some girls don't. Some girls will, some girls won't. Some girls quit, some girls try. But let me tell you about one that's fly. I met this pretty thing named Kate. She was locked up for a moving weight. Reading is how she escapes. Her favorite rapper Snoop Dogg and Drake. I just want to take her on a date. Grab a double-double fries and a shake. Excited about her release date. You can find you a soul inmate. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.